This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hello, beloved. Look at your beautiful face. It's happy Sunday. Uh, Sarah and I had the opportunity. I was asked to come and minister at um, a Catholic Charismatic Women's Retreat yesterday. Is there anyone here that was there at the retreat? Hallelujah. No, we had an amazing time. It was so remarkable, even the way that God opened the door for it. And uh, we had so many people healed and saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. I couldn't count how many people there were baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in new tongues for the first time. Just beautiful. So many people responding to the message of salvation. And um, we had a totally deaf ear pop open instantly, uh, which was remarkable, amazing miracles. And people just weeping through the service, weeping through the messages. Um, It was just magnificent. The kindness of God and the message of his love and his freedom and, and forgiveness is just remarkable. So I'm celebrating. We had a wonderful time, didn't we, Sarah? I I left Sarah to do the first session because I I wanted to run up to the hospital when I I heard out about um, baby Gabriella. So she had five minutes notice to to take the first session and did an awesome job. They all fell in love with her. Hallelujah. So thank you, Sarah. I love our team and I love what God is doing in our nation I tell you, this is not a time to sit back and be complacent because God is ready to pour out his spirit on anyone that will say, pick me, God, here I am, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And uh, we, I want to encourage you, you know, the, the, uh, the harvest is ripe and he's just looking for the harvesters and he wants to lav- lavish his love on us. I was sharing with the ladies just the, the, the truth of the, how God feels about us. You know, we read from Psalm 139 about how, how many are the thoughts of God toward us. They're too many to actually be able to count or to number. And, you know, God's heart toward us is so much better than we've ever understood. His love for us is so much more lavish than we actually can physically handle. And God wants to reveal it to us. And he's just waiting for us to say, help God. I want to know you. I want to, I want to experience your love. And for those who will press in to seek his face, to know him. I, I prayed solidly for three months from the, um, I prayed the apostolic prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. It was an, it's a prayer there that Paul prays for all the saints that we would be strengthened with might in our inner being, that we would be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, that we'd be able to comprehend together with all the saints, Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that we'd know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge, that we'd be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And I began to pray that, really believing that I would get it. Because the Bible says that whatever we ask according to his will, we can have. And so I knew it was the will of God. This is a prayer for everybody that's in the Bible. This is definitely, absolutely, 100% the will of God for me. He wants me to experience his love that passes human understanding. 
So I prayed it, believing he was going to give it to me. And I did it daily. I had it. I recorded it. I'd play it in the car. I personalized the prayer. And I prayed this knowing I needed this and I I was going to get it because you said, God, anything we ask according to your will, we can have. And I tell you, he began to transform my life. I went from somebody that was always trying to get affirmation from everybody else to feel okay about myself to suddenly recognizing that I was highly favored because I have the love and the affection of my father. He began to fill the need in my heart that nobody else could fill. And every one of us, no matter how we're wired, no matter what sort of personality we have, needs the love of God, needs to know that they are valued and special beyond just a head knowledge. God wants to give you an experience, a personal experience of his love that will require you to actually cry out for supernatural strength so you can handle it. You know, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's intense and it's glorious. And the lavish love that he pours out on us, he then says, now love your neighbors as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. That's like, whoa, that's, that's really seriously rich. The love that he has toward us is the, the love that the father of the prodigal son had for, that's the, the, the picture of who God is for us, that every time we come to him, he runs toward us, looks at us, as Pastor Joel shared before, and loves us, wraps his arms around us, kisses us, puts his robe of authority, which is his full acceptance, hallelujah, his qualification on us when we have done nothing to deserve it. And he asks that we would receive it, that we would pray. He's encouraging us, please pray that you would be able to, to experience and know this love. Because if you get it, and then you actually start to believe it, and you agree with it, and you start to believe what he's saying, accept it. That means let the barriers come down and actually let it in. <clears throat> Let it in. And, you know, we can, we can hear it. We can go, oh, that's nice. That's lovely. That's wonderful. But if you actually open up the gate of your heart and let him come in and really conquer your heart with that love, let it, let it go past your head and into your heart. It can't, you can't help but begin to smile. You can't help but begin to overflow. You, instead of feeling obligated to tell people about Jesus, you just can't help it because, oh, wow, he's so lovely. If you spend time letting him love you, if you spend, spend time looking at him and, and opening up your heart to come into agreement with how he feels about you, then instead of needing stuff from everybody else, you're going to be lit up. And you're going to arise and shine and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you and many will come to the brightness of your rising. (laughs) Loving yourself like he loves you is not something just a nice idea to make you feel good about yourself. It will change the world around you. God is looking for us to actually open up our hearts, let the King of glory come in and love us to the level that, we, uh, that he longs to love us. Hallelujah. And it's glorious and it's beautiful. He looks at you and he says, you are all together lovely. 
And when we say, God, I am not, I am selfish, I am lazy, I am this, I am that, he looks at you and he says, oh, you're so lovely. I'm dark, I'm dry, like the desert tents of the nomads, like it says in the Song of Songs. And he goes, you're so lovely. You're like the fine linen curtains in the holy place. They're like, what? God, I don't feel like that. And he says, it's okay. Even if your heart condemns you, I'm greater than your heart. It's so amazing, this good news. And we've been taught that it's somehow holy and it's somehow religious to feel bad about ourselves. You know, if you sin, confess your sin, exchange it for his righteousness, and then walk as a believer. Somebody that actually believes that the goodness of God is that good that it can cleanse you from your guilty conscience. That it can take away your shame. Those who look to him are radiant. And their faces are never covered with shame. That's because when they look at him, they don't see him scowling back. They don't look at him and see a disapproving look that says, well, good thing you said the prayer. I'll just have to love you. That's not who he is. You see, what happens when we get born again is that we become new creations in Christ. The old things have passed away. He looks at us now with with rose-colored glasses, washed with the blood of Jesus. And he looks at you and says, I can't help but see that you are pure and you are lovely because you have received by faith the forgiveness of my son. Just the way it is. And even if there's stuff going on in the inside, oh God, I still feel guilty about this. I still feel guilty about that. He says, bring it to me, exchange it, and now live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You cannot walk with the, with the knowledge that you are the righteousness of God in Christ without faith, without actively participating to come into agreement with what God says about you. In order to live by faith, in order to be the just living by faith, you've got to accept what doesn't feel humanly fair. When you have had no part in earning it and you just receive it, thank you, God. I believe that as I've exchanged my sin, you have forgiven me and made me clean. Okay, so by faith, I'm going to step into that. What does it feel like to not be guilty? What does it feel like to actually be as righteous as Christ? Seriously, take a moment to think about that. If you've received the mercy of Jesus and believed that it's enough to wash you from all unrighteousness, have you actually gone the next step and opened up the inner gates of your heart and let that level of love wash you clean from a guilty conscience? Have you let it come in and actually wash your emotions? By faith, do you tell your soul, hey soul, bless God, 
get excited, be happy. Why are you downcast within me, oh my soul? You've got no reason to be downcast. I want to tell you the truth. You need to start blessing God because He looks at you and says that He makes all things work together for our good. He's made you righteous and clean and holy and pure. He rejoices over you with singing. You need to talk to yourself like this. Hallelujah. Remind yourself what you look like. Otherwise, you live with this, I know, I know, I know what he says. And you miss out on the, ah, I have, I feel, I experience. There's a gate there that you actually have to open. And it's opened up daily by faith. It, it happens as we reckon ourselves dead. Okay, today, I reckon myself dead. I agree that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Now, I want to look at him. Because as I look at him, he reminds me that I have no more reason to be ashamed or afraid, or defined by my personality, my past, my behavior. I am not defined by anything but the fact that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and He's awesome. <sighs> Preach myself happy. <sighs> you need to do it on a daily basis. If you just took 10 minutes a day to preach to your soul and remind your soul what you look like, the world around you will thank you. Because instead of going out and, you know, instinctively trying to, you know, get something from them to make yourself feel better, you'll be looking at them going, oh, you've got to have what I'm having. Hallelujah. That's good news. Anyway, but that's not the message. But I just wanted to tell you that because it's happy. Hallelujah. <laughs> How do you feel about yourselves? Yay. If you don't, just sort your soul out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to read to you today from the book of John. Good book, good stuff. We had an amazing night on Friday night. Who was here Friday? Oh, now, if you have not made it to a Friday, you want to do yourself a favor and, and come. We just had so much fun. So many people were healed. We have opportunity on Friday night. We have more time for personal ministry at the altar. People were getting delivered and saved. I mean, we've already been hearing the, the testimonies coming in from Friday night. It's just so beautiful. So I want to encourage you. We have um, extended worship and an opportunity just to really uh, minister. So John, book of John chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse 16. I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share today and he gave me chapter and verse. So this is going to be good. John chapter 6, verse 16. Now when evening came, his disciples came down to the sea. And after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then when they'd rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. And they were frightened. 
But he said to them, it's I, don't be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. That's pretty interesting. If you look at this same story in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus had instructed them to get in the boat and go to the other side. So they were on an assignment. They had set their mind and their heart to be obedient and just do what the Lord had said. And it says, after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then when they rode about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. You know, often when we set out to just obey God, we are doing it because of our love for him. We just want to obey him. Often God gives us an assignment or we, we make a decision in our hearts. Lord, I, I can't feel you. I can't see you. But I know that this is what you want me to do. So I'm doing it. You know, God is so pleased by faith that is obedient when it can't see. God is so pleased when you just step out and you say, okay, God, I know that this is what you want me to do, so I'm going to do it. And there are times, there are seasons when you won't see him or feel him and you'll be like, God, where are you? But you can have confidence to know that when you are obeying him, if you will persevere, the, the scripture tells us, do not grow weary with well-doing, for in the end you will reap if you faint not. That is, there is a, a season, we've been talking about wilderness, of persevering that produces character in us. Hallelujah. And it's not something we always like to talk about. We like it when we're having the amazing encounters and the glorious stuff. But there are times when we just actually need to persevere in obeying God. Lord, you've asked me to do this, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to do it. I love reading this in that it says that while the, the seas were all being stirred up, they kept rowing. They kept going because, okay, Jesus said, where to go to the other side. Sometimes too, in the middle of a, a situation, God will give you a promise. They had a promise. He said, go to the other side. Well, they could have confidence. We're going to get there because he told us to go there. You know, God looks for us to actually put our faith in him, to trust him in his words. When we're, when we're not hearing him speak in the now, we've got to think about what he said to us. And hold on to it. What did you say? Okay, Lord, you said to go to the other side. So that's what we're going to do. Until we hear differently, that's what we're going to do. And God's looking for us to actually lay hold of his word and, and say, Lord, you've said. There's so much in this precious book. And if we will just obey him, if we will follow him, we can know that he who has promised it will also do it. He is faithful. And then it says, the sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. You know, that may, may or may not have been a natural wind. It may have been something that the enemy was stirring up, trying to stop them, trying to intimidate them, trying to take them out. I don't like to focus on the plans of the enemy or the attack of the enemy. 
But I do like to know this, that no matter what comes against us, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. The word tells us that in this world we'll have trouble, but take heart. But he's overcome the world. Hallelujah. But we don't need to be going and and persevering with an attitude of, oh, this is just so hard. I'm doing this because God told me I'm going to be obedient. I don't like it. It's difficult. You might have those feelings. But in those seasons, people around you are still needing to see the light of God shining through you. I've seen some Christians there, they feel like, well, I'm just being obedient. But boy, they're really not very fun to be around. And God's looking for us to be fruitful in season and out out of season. If you are waiting to get somewhere before you become fruitful, there's a problem. God says that we have been given the nature of Christ, that we have the fruit of the Spirit available to us. Hallelujah. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All those good things are actually your definition. And in the midst of going through and persevering when you're not feeling it, when you're not seeing him, when when you're just doing it out of raw obedience, you need to remind yourself, hey, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances. I'm going to take the opportunity to remember and to reckon myself dead, to remind myself that within me, this is who I am. I am who, who God God says I am. That is that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. If God is love and he defines love as patient and kind and long-suffering and all those good things, that then is also my definition. I am patient. I am kind. I am long-suffering. I keep no record of wrongs. I don't rejoice with evil. I rejoice with truth. That's, that's good material for your morning sermon to yourself. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn you all into preachers. You preach to yourself. You tell yourself, I'm patient. I'm kind. I am long-suffering. I keep no record of wrongs. I don't rejoice with evil. I rejoice with the truth. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. You'll start getting excited for the people you're about to meet if you start believing this. Hallelujah. And in the midst of going through, God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to recognize that even when we can't feel and we can't see, we can draw near to him in faith, knowing that as I lift up my voice to worship you, you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are still the God that runs towards me, wraps his arms around me, loves me, kisses me, and qualifies me. Hallelujah. The good news is that as you persevere, as you don't give up, as you continue on the track and you don't change course in the midst of a storm, God's going to come with a breakthrough. I want to tell you, this is a prophetic word for people today. There's been some people who have just been persevering out of obedience. You've been coming to church because, okay, it's tough. It's difficult with my family. It's difficult. Uh, You know, it's a long way to come, but I really believe God wants me to come, so I'm coming. Or or you might be um, 
whatever it is, you might just be here because you know it's the right thing to do. I know that this is what God wants me to do, but I'm, I'm really struggling. I've got good news for you. Even as the storm came and they kept rowing, suddenly Jesus showed up. You know, if you will trust him, if you will look to him, he will not let you fall. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. I get excited when people are going through a difficult situation and persevering in hope and joy and faith because I know my God will not let them fall. Hallelujah. He'll uphold them with his righteous right hand, that he is the God of the suddenlies. And then suddenly... Uh, as they'd been rowing three or four miles in the strong wind, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. But they weren't actually excited. They were frightened. And, uh, you know, in Mark it says that they, they thought it was a ghost. And he was walking like he was going to walk past them. But, but they, they, were, they were like, ah! And he said, don't be afraid. It's I. It's me. You know, I believe that there are some encounters that God is going to give people that are going to cause people to be initially a little bit, ah, that's not what I expected. But Jesus, if you will ask for help, Lord, is that you? It's a good question. Lord, is that you? Because he will answer. He will speak. We had... um. Uh, last night as we were praying for some of these Catholic ladies and um, they were being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're so cute. Some came up to me saying, I want the ba 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 thing. <laughs> I said, we can help you with that. Others were coming up saying, how do we get what you girls have got? And it was so beautiful just to see the spirit being poured out. It was just, a, it's just a beautiful time. But, you know, sometimes some of the people were falling down under the power of the spirit. There was somebody else who, who, um, who fell down and got, just went through a, a, a deliverance and just let out a squeal as they were being delivered. And another lady shrieked scared. She was like, what's happening? Is she okay? Did she hurt herself? She thought maybe that she'd fallen down and hit her head or something. But no, it was actually, she was just being delivered. And, um, and it, it can be scary. The supernatural can be scary when you aren't expecting it or when you haven't seen it before. I'd like to tell you, you should get ready because God is increasing supernatural signs and wonders in these last days. Hallelujah. Now, we don't have to accept everything and say, oh, well, everything must be God. You can say, is that you, God? I feel scared. Is that you, God? And you can have confidence that he is so good at comforting us. I remember when I was just about 23 and I, um, I came forward for prayer one night and I, I was really needing God to do something. It was the night that I'd, I'd said to the Lord on the way, asked him to deliver me from the fear that my husband would die because I had this nagging fear that, that he'd die. You know, he'd married me when I was 20 and signed a piece of paper saying he'd love me till he died. And then I thought, what if he does, you know, like, ah. So it was like always on my mind. 
because I still didn't have this revelation of love. I was still trying to get it from him. I was trying to train him too, you know, to help me feel better about myself. You should say this, and then he'd say that, and then I'd be like, it works better if you come up with it, you know? <laughs> but I tell you, I thank God for my husband's patience. He is so patient. He, there is no amount of compliments. There is no amount of reassurance that could have filled the need that I had inside of me. And if you're trying to make your spouse love you better, just set them free. Go and get what you need from Jesus. And then anything that they're able to give you is just a bonus. Hallelujah. Because there isn't a human on the planet that can make you feel as loved as you are crying out to be. Hallelujah. I'm helping you here. The heart of God is that we would open up our hearts and receive his love, but that we would also be aware that sometimes things will happen we don't expect. So I was praying this prayer, please set me free from this fear. I didn't know it was the tip of a very big iceberg of all rejection and abandonment and all the stuff I'd been through as a child. But I went forward for prayer that night and... You know, I wasn't even sure about the whole falling down thing. I just really wasn't sure whether they did courtesy drops or, you know, I just didn't know. You know, I just, and I wanted to know. I asked God to show me, is that you, God? Basically, help, teach me about this falling down thing. And um, honest prayers are your best way. Just get real with God. Ask him if there's anything that you're concerned about. Ask him. He wants to help you. He's your teacher. He's jealous to help you. He wants to comfort you. Is that you, God? Teach me about that. I don't understand this. Can you help me? Hallelujah. So anyway, I went out for prayer. I lifted up my hands and boom, I hit the deck. And there was no catcher. And I'm like, whoa, I'm pretty sure you're not, that's not supposed to happen, you know. Like... And, but as I was on the floor, I was shaking and I was going through a deliverance. And I, I was actually a little bit concerned. I was like, I wasn't scared, but I was just like, in my mind, I was like, what's going on? I didn't think Christians could have demons. You know, I just, I didn't know what was happening. I'd never shook like that before in my life. I'd never experienced anything like that. And then... Um, Finally, the guy got to me, picked me up, and he says, oppression, go. And then, boom, I was all over the floor again. And as I was on the floor, having these thoughts to myself, what's this going on? What's going on, Jesus? He came, and he spoke to me. I saw his face in, in my face. I looked. I said, Lord, what's going on? And he looked at me. He said, Catherine, I'm setting you free from everything. And it was like, oh. Oh, I think I would stay on the floor for another 45 minutes. And he just ministered to me. When I got up, I, I felt like I was walking two feet off the floor. I just, I felt like I floated home. And I was forever changed. But, you know, I know what it's like to sometimes feel like, whoa, what's that? You might see somebody else manifesting in a way that you don't understand. All you need to do is, if, you, if you're concerned about it, you probably don't need to be concerned about what somebody else is experiencing if it, if, unless you're responsible. But if you want to know, maybe just ask God, what's going on? Hallelujah. Sometimes you can even ask the person. And, and 
you'll be surprised at what has happened in their life when you find out, wow, that person was, was in so much grief before and now they've got so much joy. Whatever is going on, I, be, I want us to be careful that we don't let Jesus walk past the boat. That we actually go, okay, I recognize you and we bring him in. Because the moment he got into the boat, they were instantly at the land. That's like, boom, transported like that. All of them, all at once. Woohoo. That's a sign and a wonder. But you know what? When they received this, this sign and wonder of Jesus walking on the water, he took them into a whole other level of signs and wonders and transported the whole ship to the land instantly. You, if you will begin to open your heart to receive what God wants to do supernaturally, he will accelerate it. If you'll be faithful with a little, God will bless you with much. Hallelujah. I've had, I've had times when I've pulled aside because I felt the Holy Spirit just wanting me to pray or pull over on the side of the road to pray and been taken up in visions. And then as I would learn to actually respond to those little invitations, the, the divine, supernatural, prophetic encounters I'd have in intercession got more and more amazing. And I would, I would see the scene of where people were and you know, ring them up afterwards to tell them, look, God had me stop and pray and this is what I saw. And they'll say, that's exactly where I was. I could describe the streets. I could, I could describe the entire exact surroundings. God was just taking me in the spirit. And it was as I began to be faithful with the little promptings that God began to open up bigger doors. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to us today and, and say, don't be afraid. Be willing to receive him into the boat because God wants to do far more than you've expected. Hallelujah. There's a, another thing I believe the Lord wants to speak to us through this. If you've been persevering and you've been going, okay, I don't know why this is so hard, but I'm going to keep going because this is what I feel God's saying. The suddenlies of God are, are so beautiful when they come. But we have a promise that as we follow after him, he will never leave us or forsake us. He will take care of us. Hallelujah. I remember, um, I remember when I was about 30 and I had this promise that I was going to see the Lord, uh, the Lord was going to open doors for me to preach the gospel and to um, be in full-time ministry. And my 30th year, you know, was just terrible. And all the doors seemed to actually close. Even the little ones that I had seemed to close. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, um, you're going to fall pregnant with your son. You're going to have a boy and it's going to be this month that you're going to fall pregnant. You're going to have a son and I want you to call him Joseph. And he said, because I'm going to reveal myself to you as God of the suddenlies. And I was so thankful because the year I was going through was, seemed very dry and very barren. In fact, it was a really tough year. I was being misunderstood. All the doors were seeming to shut. It just seemed like the opposite of what the promise of God was. 
But for nine months through that year, I was carrying within me a promise from God that he was going to reveal himself to me as God of the suddenlies. Hallelujah. Then nine days before I turned 31, I just began to cry out to God. I said, Lord, you said in my 30th year that you were going to open the doors to ministry. And it was that day that he said, he told me to get up, go to the conference. And um, I happened to sit next to Faileen. And Faileen happened to ask me to come out for lunch after, at the meeting. And she said, just feel like God's telling me to mentor you and take you with me and train you up in the prophetic and, and help release you into ministry because I can see there's a call on your life. And I went, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it was a suddenly of God for me. And I've watched God do these suddenlies over and over again. But I tell you, the suddenlies come not by accident or out of the blue. They come because you have faith that God will do what he said he will do. We need to be a people who walk by faith, who hold on to the promises God gives us, whether they be prophetic words, whether they be words in the scripture, whether they be promises uh, that God has just spoken to our hearts. They are often the most powerful promises that you know, things that he's put in your heart. These are the things that you hold on to when you're rowing through the storm. Hallelujah. Because God's about to show up with a suddenly. And he is so amazing when he does. It, instead of thinking, well, even if he did, we've still got a long way to go. He came and he just accelerated everything and they got straight to the other side. I believe that God's going to bring some people into divine acceleration if you will persevere during this season. Hallelujah. As, even as it, it seems like it's tough, it seems like it's difficult, God wants to give you joy in the process. He wants you to, to discover that He is faithful and true. And He wants to divinely accelerate you into the new adventures that He's got for God, with God for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 